You are welcome to a great moment in destiny. God is about to speak directly to you and the message coming right up is crafted by heaven not just to challenge you but to align your destiny. As you embrace divine instruction, expect that God's word is bringing about revival, healing, restoration and transformation to your entire life. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me and receive God's word through his choice vessel. Apostle Goodhart Obi Ekoeme. If you have your Bible, you turn together with me to Hebrews chapter number four as we continue the second part of our series, The Labor of Rest. The Labor of Rest. Hallelujah. Hebrews four. I want us to read together as a family the first three verses and then we will jump to nine to twelve just because of time. Hebrews 4, 1 to 3, but the entire chapter is worthy of reading. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. As I've sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Verses 9 to 12. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. I'm thankful that there is a rest for the people of God. Somebody is coming to rest this hour. For he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works. As God did from his, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The labor of rest, part number two. Father, thank you for blessing the reading of your word. Now bless, I beseech you, the teaching and the preaching of the self-same word. And we vow us always to give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Glory to God. Well, for those who were with us in the first part of this series, we've begun to understand that God has released a prophetic word over us in this house that the warfare is over. Isaiah 41 and 2, that the days of toil, the days of sweat, they're over. And God is intent to bring you and I into rest, or what we call all-round rest. 
we've begun to examine this particular critical chapter in the Bible that speaks about the rest that God has for his people. We began to survey from Genesis that God of a truth worked for six days and rested on the seventh day. We saw that man was created as a pinnacle, as the zenith, as the climax of all that God created on the sixth day, the very last day of creation. In other words, everything was ready for man to be crowned on the sixth day. And man's first day was the seventh day of God, his rest. That means the very first day that man existed on the earth was a restful day. Man woke up into the rest of God, which was the seventh day of Sabbath. It was declared that God rested from all of his works on the seventh day. We began to examine that God did give man work in the Garden of Eden. Not labor, not toil, but work. What was the work? To guard the garden and to till the garden. And we see that there's a lot of benefit and blessing in work. Work is recreative and work is recreational. Praise God. As you work, not just the work that you're, you're working, but the work God has called you to work, it's both creative and recreational. Praise God. A wise man once said that it's not, it's, not, it's not hard work that kills, it's wrong work that kills. It's not hard work that kills, it's wrong work that kills. As a matter of fact, Bible says in the New Testament, that let him that does not work, let him not eat. So God expects you as a believer to work. Praise the Lord. As you work, uh, your creative ability and juices, they are released and they are made manifest. So God made you for work. We saw again that when the Bible uses the word labor and work, sometimes they are interchangeable. We have to see what was the intention of the word. Like in this case now, this labor is not the labor that man went into after the fall. When man fell, God invariably cursed the earth for his sake and said, by the sweat of thy brow, you would toil and labor to eat. Now, that's not work. That is labor. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So in this case, when we speak of the labor of rest, really, really, it's the work of rest. Praise God. In other words, God expects you and I to be participating, to be cooperating with him for us to come into the rest he has ordained for us. So we see in this season that God is dealing with us on the very crucial and important subject matter of rest. In part one, we see that foundation, uh, that we see that whilst God does have rest for his people, he also expects his people to cooperate and to partner with him in that process. Saints, there remaineth a rest for the people of God. There is a rest for you. Praise God. The third and the fourth chapter of Hebrews deals extensively with the subject matter of the rest that God spoke about. Essentially, God used the Old Testament saints as a typology to explain to us what it is they did not do right that kept them out of coming into the rest or the Canaan that God had reserved for them. For many, many years, God spoke prophetically to Abraham that after 400 years, your children will be in bondage and they will come out of bondage with great wealth and opulence. And then I will bring them into this land again, which was Canaan. So God spoke prophetically about the resting place for the people of God. And they surveyed and they journeyed through those many, many, many years. And just when they were at the verge of stepping into the land that God had reserved for them, they doubted, they disbelieved. 
how it is that you could have gone through a long journey, a long night, and just where you're on the verge of your breaking through, you think the night is too long, you think the journey has been too tough, and you give up from taking the next step that is so close to your breakthrough. I want to challenge you wherever you are, beloved brother and sister, you are too close to quit. Quitters never win, winners never quit. Uh, push again, take a step again, go again. Like Elijah said to seven, go again seven times until you see what has been prophesied. A uh, little hand in the atmosphere like a cloud, that is a sign that the prophecy of rain is about to fall. So please go again another time. Hallelujah. So they came so close to coming into Eden, but they disbelieved God. Yet in all the 40 years in the wilderness, they saw God do all kinds of miracles, signs, and wonders. Manna fall upon them. They ate freely, not knowing the source of it. Their clothes were not old as they grew. The clothes grew with them. All kinds of miracles. Quills fell down when they wanted meat. All kinds. But yet still, the miracles and the signs and the wonders did not produce faith in them. That brings me to a point that, beloved, miracles and healings and signs and wonders don't necessarily produce faith in a believer's life. Faith comes by through one source, the Word of God. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. That means we're not to chase miracles, we're not to chase signs and wonders, we're to chase intimacy with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The man Moses was a man who sought for intimacy with God. And the Bible says in Psalm 103, verse number 7, that God showed his ways to Moses and then he showed his acts to the children of Israel. So God displayed his act, his miracles, his wonders to the children of Israel, but he made known his ways to Moses. And many a time as believers, people are looking for miracles. They're looking for breakthroughs. They're looking for all kinds of things that their eyes can see, their hand can touch, their feet can walk into tangibly. But God says, I want you to seek to know me. Because he that knows me, knows my ways, will also learn to operate my miracles at ease or with ease. Hello, somebody. If you know his way, his miracle is not far from you. But you can, oh boy, you can, you can enjoy his miracles and still not have intimacy with him. Oh boy. This was the case that Jesus declared. That some people said, well, we preach in the street in your name. We did miracles in your name, signs and wonders in your name. And here you are telling us, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I don't know you. So it is possible to be on the fringes, on the outer skirt or the outskirt, and being taught with some miracles and still not know Jesus intimately. His heart desires for you and I to pursue his heart to know him intimately. Somebody shout a big amen. So Moses knew his ways, but the acts of God were made known or displayed to the children of Israel. So the third chapter and the fourth chapter of Hebrews, very, very critical for us to read over and over in this particular season. Praise God. Hallelujah. Beloved, very clearly enough, from the context of our pilot text, uh, we see that entering into the rest that God has reserved for us, hear this now, uh, requires your faith. 
your faith, your faith, your faith. Your faith is a requirement or requisite to come into the rest that God has preserved or reserved for you. Unbelief, we see, was what took them out. What kept them from entering to where God reserved for them? Can you imagine coming so close to the point where you're coming into your dream, all you've dreamt for, all about for many, many years, and just at the verge of stepping in, you, you, you doubt that God is not able to take it. Why? Because of the giants in the land. You, you fail to understand that God who promised you Canaan and promised you rest knew about the giant in the land. Praise God, somebody. He knew about the giants in the land. Look at what the Bible declares in Hebrews 3, verse 18. Hebrews 3, 18. And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not. So we see that they could not enter in because of what? Of unbelief. Because of unbelief. So, Access was denied because of unbelief, whilst access can be granted because of faith. <laughs> so your faith is access to come into your rest. Hello, somebody. What is faith? Faith is that which calls the things that be not as though they were. What is faith? Faith is that which is stemming from the invisible, but is a mother of the visible. Hebrews 11 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence or proof of things not seen. So faith is a proof that what you don't see with your physical eyes exists and is more of a reality than what your hands touch and what you actually handle. Praise God. So faith is a guarantee to access God's rest. Look at Hebrews 4 verse 3. For we which have believed, hello, somebody, that's the key now. We which have believed do enter into rest, as he said. Mm -hmm. As I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. So faith grants access into this dimension of rest. Praise God. Praise God. Just as faith does that, doubt also exempt one from entering the rest. Hebrews 4, verse 6. Seeing therefore it remains that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. He said it was preached to them. What was it? God gave them a promise. Hallelujah. Each time a word comes your way, it's a promise, it's a prophecy, it's a message, right? It, it behooves you and I to embrace it, haha, to wrap a faith around it, as is often said. He, he, he says it, I believe it, that settles it. God said it, I believe it, that settles it. So each time God speaks a prophetic word over you, like you've spoken over us this year, revived for glory, it behoves us to mix our faith with that word and accept to be so even before we step into the manifestation of that word. Hebrews 4, 2 says, for unto us was the same gospel. What was the gospel? Canaan is yours for the taking. It was preached to everybody. But they who did not enter, did not mix it with faith. 
right? It didn't profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So it's one thing to hear, it's another thing to mix the word we hear with faces, I believe I receive. You know, I took time to read uh, uh, Numbers 13, 14, to really look at what it was that ensued there regarding uh, the spies who were sent out to the land to, 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 to spy on the land, the Bible says, really, really, to spy on the land. And I realized that they had different goggles in their eyes. There were 12 spies, you know the story? One leader amongst the tribe of Israel were sent out by Moses into the land to go and see the land, who is there, what is there, uh, what are the things that are there, and so on and so forth. And, and they all went, uh, and they all came back. But it's interesting that 10 will have a different perspective from two others. <laughs> uh, 10 came with a report that the land is a good land. It's a land that is plentiful with all that God has told us is there. Uh, but they add a but to the description of the land. So, but they are giant in the land. And they dare to say that in our own eyes or in their own eyes, we were like grasshoppers. You know, what they were saying is that they were looking at themselves through the eyes of the giant. Each time you look at your situation or your circumstances through the eyes of your enemies, you magnify your test. You magnify your trial. But each time you look at your mountain through the eyes of your God, almighty God, you minimize your mountain. So we, we don't make much of the size of our mountains in life as believers. We make much of the size of our God because there is nothing that our God cannot handle. Praise God. There is no trouble, no test, no difficulty, no tempest, no storm, no billow that your God is not able to handle. So I challenge you to look through your situation this season of COVID-19, whether there's any kind of delays along the line or whatever you've expressed in your life, look through the eyes of Jesus and those things suddenly begin to shrink, begin to be small as they ought to be. So these spies look at themselves through the eyes of their enemies. They just wave their eyes as grasshoppers. Who told you? How can you tell what you look like through the eyes of your enemy? But they saw themselves as little little, uh, grasshoppers and they were big giants there. But Two of them, somebody said two, two, what I call the minority report. They came with what the Bible calls a good and a faith report when the 10 came with what the Bible calls an evil report. They said, ah, no, 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 It is true. The land is filled with milk and honey as the Lord spoke. It is true. All that God described about the land, we found it there. I said, but God is well able to give us the land. In fact, they said something interesting. said, said, <laughs> Their strength, wow, listen carefully, this will bless you. So their strength has departed from them. Listen carefully. They are now made bread to us. You know what that means? That means, it says in Psalm 23, verse 4, so even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, but bad with me. Rod, your staff, your word, your spirit. So you prepare for me a table in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Listen, he prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. He says, they are now made bread for us. That means 
Our enemies are now on our table and they're for our taking. Oh boy, oh boy. The strength of the giants is departed from them. If only you can believe them. Believe God. And the land is yours and ours for the taking. What is the land? The land that speaks of rest, rest. Look at Numbers 14, 24, talking about this minority report. Caleb says, says but my, my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, another spirit with him. What's that spirit? It's called the spirit of faith. And has followed me fully, followed me fully. Him will I bring into the land whereunto he went, and his seed shall possess it. Uh, says he had another spirit. When you have the spirit of faith, the land is takeable. The mountain is overcomable. The obstacles are surmountable. When you have the spirit of faith. Look at Numbers 13, verse 30. So look at the report of these two men, Caleb and Joshua. Numbers 13, 30. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once. That's the spirit of faith. And possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Roger, we are well able to overcome it. Whatever that is, you're well able to overcome it. But the man, the man that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had set unto the children of Israel, saying, the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. Praise God. What a report. Verse 33 says, And they saw the giants and the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Hallelujah. Beloved, I want to emphasize something that will bless you. Whenever God gives us a word, a prophetic word, he's always going to be, or the word he gives you will always be bigger than your capacity. Mm. Simply means that you will need God's input to come into where God has spoken to you prophetically. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. In other words, you can't get into Canaan without God. And you can't come into rest without God. The truth be told is that God himself is the rest. We begin to understand that rest is not just, it's not an utopia, a place of uh, 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 um, no war, no this. But really, rest is in a person of Christ. Praise God. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Come unto me, in the words of Jesus Christ, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So the person Christ is the person of rest. He that has him and he that walks with him intimately, he that understands and walks and enjoys divine rest. So what am I saying? God will speak a word prophetically into your life. You will need God to accomplish that. Like I always say, any vision that you receive that you don't need God to fulfill is an ambition. 
every genuine vision received by received by a man from God will always need the input of God for the realization. Every, 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 every. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want to share with you uh, some aspects of taking responsibility to enter into rest. What we see is here, God requires for us to cooperate with him, to engage with him, to come into that rest has for us. And it requires us taking personal responsibility. Number one area to take responsibility personal is to make God's word top priority in your life. Number one, we need to make God's word top priority in our lives. We need to propose to live our lives by God's word. Many people live their lives based on ideals, philosophies, dogmas, traditions, ideas. But God has called us to live our lives based on his word. Matthew 4, 4, he declares, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. I want to turn to John 1.1 1, 1, as we see the necessity of the word of God in the life of a man. John 1.1, 1, 1, John 1.1, 1, 1, all the way to verse 4. The word of God. Make God's word top priority in your life. In the beginning was the word. Everything that has a, an enviable beginning must begin with the word of the Lord. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. So the word was in the beginning. The word was with God. Guess what? And the word was God. Praise God. So the word of God is inseparable from God. Hallelujah. The same was in the beginning with God. All things, not some, not few, not many, all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Here this is for, in him was life. And the life was the light of all men. Woo, hallelujah. So the word was in the beginning, right? All that was made was made by the word, right? And it says, in that word was life, 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 life. And that life is the light of the illumination of all men. Anyone who will enjoy life will need to encounter the word. As you encounter the word and embrace and receive it, and you confess Jesus the Lord, he lightens you up, he quickens you, makes you alive. So the word carries life. The word carries light. Praise God. The word is creative in nature. Praise God. Look at Hebrews 1 verse 3. Hebrews 1 verse 3. Or Hebrews 1 verse 2. And 3. Hebrews 1 verse 2 says, Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed here of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, worlds, 
who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, that's Jesus Christ now, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Listen, he upholds us to retain, is to maintain, is to sustain. What few things? Many things? No. All things include your thing and my thing. Remember, it was by the word that all things were created in the first place. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is by the self same word that all things that were created are sustained and retained. So if we're going to walk in life, we're going to enjoy life, we must make that word our top priority. We must engage to live by it. A man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Praise God. That word brings about transformation in our lives. Look at 3rd, 2nd Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. 2nd Corinthians 3, 17, 18. So the word of God is transformatory in nature. You encounter the word of God, you are transformed. It says, now the Lord is that spirit. All right. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image. Guess what? From glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. Woo! You know what that means? As you behold the word, the word is to you and to me like a mirror. And the Holy Spirit begins to take the image of Jesus in the word to imprint into your heart to become one with you as we behold the word as in a mirror. You know, we are being transformed. That word is metamorphosis, transformed. How do we transform from one level of glory to the next level of glory to the next level of glory? Somebody shout hallelujah, glory to God. Hallelujah. I see you being transformed in this year, 2020, until you become one with the very image of Christ. Hallelujah. We look unto him as we gaze on him, we become one with him. Bible declares in Hebrews 12, verse 2, looking unto Jesus, that's who keep our gaze on, not man, not the stumps, not the billows, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He authored your faith. He completes it. Guess what? Who for the joy that was said before him endured the cross. That's a template, that's an example that we will go through stuff but maintain our gaze on the joy ahead and is now sat down on the right hand of the Father in the throne in, in heaven in majesty. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're going to see that we are also called to engage in laboring in the word of God. We saw the connection between Hebrews 4.11 and Hebrews 4.12. Uh, we read again, it says, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. There's a rest. Praise God. Lest any man fall in after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing into divine asunder of the soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intent of the heart. Number two, area where we need to take personal responsibility. 
as we labor to come into rest. Number one. Number two, we need to enjoy the fellowship of others, but learn to live in the audience of one. I want to write that down. We need to enjoy the fellowship of others, but learn to live in the in sorry, learn to live in the audience of one. The Bible makes it very clear that God has placed us in the body of Christ as different members of one body called the body of Christ. First Corinthians 12, 12 says, for as the body is one and hath many members and all the members of that one body be many are one body, so also is Christ. All right. So simply means we are in one body called Christ, but in that one body called Christ, there are diverse members in that body called Christ. And as you read the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians, it needs to show us how it is that each member is to supply joint to joint to the rest of the body. Praise God. That every member has a particular supply, it feeds into the body of into that body that nourishes and strengthens and completes the entire body of Christ. So there's no non-entity. There's no irrelevant person in the body of Christ. You may not be as visible as other people, but you're not, you're not in any way unimportant or less important than any other member of the body of Christ. Every member of your body is relevant. Of course, some are more visible. You see my eyes, my hands, my feet, but you don't see my heart. You don't see my brain. But is my brain less important? Is my kidney less important? No. No, 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 no. Though they're not seen, they're relevant and important. The moment my heart stops to beat that you can't see, boom, that's it. But you can see it. You can see my face. You, you, you take the time to look after your face. Ladies, you do the needful. But, but, but you know, the things that are not seen that are equally important, if not more important. Likewise, the body of Christ. Some members, based on their function, are more visible, but not necessarily more important or more relevant. Praise God. So the point is, we need each other in the body of Christ. My finger needs my toes. My ears needs my nose. They work together. So the point is, we have to understand in the body of Christ, we draw nourishment from each other, what we call fellowship. Fellowship. The Bible declares we're not to forsake the gathering of one another. Hebrews 10.25. Don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, right? But exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Wow. So as the day draws near, what day? Of the coming of the Lord. We are more so to emphasize fellowship in one with another, breaking bread. Praise the Lord, somebody. Because there is something that happens when believers gather together at the table to break bread. There is a release of strength and refreshing uh, 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 into one another. Praise God. Bible says that iron sharpens iron. Bible also declares in Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 that two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. So there is something about being in fellowship in the body of Christ. God never designed you to be a lone ranger. Mm -hmm. That's why one of the principles or methods of the enemy is to divide and rule. He will seek to remove one of the sheep from the pack. And once you're set apart, 
you don't have access for refreshment or strengthening or encouragement and it becomes easy for the enemy to hound you. That's why one of the wrongest things to do if you find yourself missing the mark is to stay away from church or from believers. No, no, no. Repent and get back to the fold where you can be strengthened and nourished again. Because when you're alone, the enemy can throw all kinds of lies in your mind and all kinds of you're good for nothing. You will never rise up again. No, 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 no. The Bible says, if anyone will confess his sins to the Lord, he's faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse of all unrighteousness. And how does the enemy push all kinds of negative evil thought against the Rise up again. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But having said that, beloved, that we are in fellowship in the body of Christ. We have to understand again, we are called to live in the audience for one of one. Who is he? The Lord. That is to say, we're not living in the body of Christ to impress one another. No, we're living to, 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 uh, what's the word? to be faithful to God and to get his approval, right? Not the approval or endorsement of men. Apostle Paul said, do we begin again to write unto you letters of commendation or approval? No, that you are our epistles written, read, and known of all men. So we don't seek the approval of men. So as a people present to rest, we live for the audience of one. Whilst we draw strength from those around us, we live ultimately for the approval of God and not for men. The third area of taking personal responsibility is in the area where we have to make Jesus Christ our example, our example, emulate him. In his earthly ministry, he enjoyed and walked in tremendous rest. I mean, uh, it's interesting how it is to be uh, in the middle of a storm and uh, a raging tempest is, is raging around him, water filled the boat, and the disciples are panicking, master. Care us not that we'll perish. Rise up and deliver us from this, this, this pandemic, whatever it is you want to call it. And then <clears throat> he awakes from the place of sleep. So he arose and he rebuked the storms and there was a great peace. So from a great storm to a great peace, because Jesus had peace within him and he could pull out the peace within him and, and, and counteract the storms around. He was a man of peace. He was a man who, 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 who in the middle of all kinds of, of accusations will will never will never throw a stone against against anyone. Whatever you know, he, his his life of three three and a half years was a life of peace and rest. Praise the Lord. Bible said he knew what to do per time when there was uh, people five thousand men not counting their wives and their, their children who were hungry needed to be fed. Uh, he said he Bible said he knew what to do. He always knew what to do. When he was asked a question, uh, who do men pay tax to? They pay, pay it to, 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 to Caesar or to, or to who? So, so no, say, give to Caesar what is Caesar, give to God what is God. Said so, Simon Peter, go into the sea, cast your net or cast your rod. The first fish that you catch, say, coin there, you pay for your tax and my tax. He knew what to do. Praise God. So Jesus is our example of rest, the epitome of rest. Praise God. So even as we follow those men and women in the body of Christ who are set in place to encourage, to strengthen, to train, whether mentors, whether the fivefold ministry, whether leaders, uh, we must ultimately keep our gaze on Jesus Christ. 
we should only follow a leader to the extent he or she is following Christ. This is the testimony of Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1. Be followers of me even as I also I am of Christ. In other words, follow me, imitate me as I follow Christ and as I imitate Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. There is only one Jesus. There is only one Savior. There is only one who alone can bring a people. All good men are but men. Only Jesus said, come unto me. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. All in the labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Hallelujah. Number four. An area to take personal responsibility for entering to rest is in the area of obedience. Obedience. Obedience is one of the most important words you find in the entire Bible. It is what pleases God. Obedience. And oftentimes we obey him, not even knowing fully the reason why we obey him, but that brings him honor. Bible declares in Isaiah 111, sorry, 119, uh, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. So the Lord is, is glad, excited when his children obey him. Praise the Lord. But also disobedience is, on the other hand, one of the most dangerous of words in the Bible in terms of the kind of devastating consequence it brings. So obedience and disobedience. Obedience will lead to life, whilst disobedience will lead to death. When we speak of obedience, we speak of obedience that is prompt and complete. Praise God. Prompt and complete. That means delayed obedience in the eyes of God is disobedience. Partial Obedience in the eyes of God is disobedience. So God expects our obedience to be complete and to be prompt. Praise God. Complete and to be prompt or quick. The Bible declares in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 6, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience, guess what? When your obedience is fulfilled or completed. So, there is a revenge of all disobedience when your and when my obedience is complete or fulfilled. You know, God presents to us as his children all through scriptures, choices, choices. I've oftentimes wondered, why is it that God not, not make us, just compel us to do right? You, you know, but if he did that, he would take away the aspect of you and I that is designed to be like God, free moral agents. He doesn't want you to be compelled to worship him. He wants you to worship him out of choice and volition and out of love for him. Praise God. Praise God. So we see in Deuteronomy 30 verse 19, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you 
that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. All right? So it's your choice, my choice. We are to choose life, Pokli de Gandoga. And every instance you have these choices, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Wow. So we have the power to choose. And God says, I want you to choose life, to choose health, to choose victory, to choose dominion. But it's a choice. But I want to choose that. You know what it is? Our love for God is proven and demonstrated in our willingness to obey him per time. Wow. Our love for God is proven and demonstrated in our willingness to obey him for per time. As a matter of fact, love as defined by God is not about feelings, it's about obedience. Wow. If you love me, you keep my commandments. Praise God. If you love me, you do my will. So anytime we obey God's instruction, we are expressing our love for him. Wow. Deuteronomy 30, 20, the next verse says, next verse, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God and that thou mayest obey his voice and that thou mayest cleave unto him for he is thy life and the length of thy days that thou mayest dwell in the land who the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give them. So he said, that you may love the Lord thy God and you may obey his voice. The love of God is expressed when the, when the saints obey God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First Peter 1 Peter 1.22 says, Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying, obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. I want us to look very quickly at uh, a case study of Saul in the scriptures, and then we'll rise up to pray. Rise up to pray. Rise up to pray. I want to trust God to realign our hearts in full obedience to his every instruction, to his every word, every, every counsel going forward that we can, who will ultimately come into the rest is reserved for us. Hallelujah. We must understand there is a connection between unbelief and disobedience. At the bottom of unbelief will be disobedience or rebellion. Praise God. Those who don't believe will end up disobeying and rebelling. But if you believe, you will also in turn obey. Praise God. So the, the thing that fixes unbelief is the thing that fixes disobedience. Very simple is repentance. Repent to turn around and say, Lord, I, I repent for disobeying. I repent for my unbelief. And then you're your way up to high places. Praise. As simple as that is. Unbelief. Just repent from it. Repent from disobedience and you're on your way to your high places. Praise God. Very quickly, let's look at 1 Samuel 5. Sorry, 1 Samuel 15. 1 Samuel 15, a case of Saul in disobedience. 
1 Samuel 15, 19 to 21. Bible these are given to us as an example um, in the scriptures. Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord? Here, of course, you know the story. Uh, the Lord has sent uh, King Saul to go and kill uh, a particular uh, uh, Agag and, and the particular tribe and, and, and all of that. And, and Saul partially obeyed, but did not fully obey. And he claimed to have obeyed. So wherefore, this Samuel now, uh, this, this Samuel accosted him now. Wherefore, then, didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil and did evil in the sight of the Lord. And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way who the Lord sent me. And I have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took of the spoil. He said what? The people. The people. So Saul placed the blame on the people. The people. The people took of the spoil. Sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. Verse 22 says, And Samuel said, Had the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. 23, For rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. He have also rejected thee from being king. And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned. I have, I have, I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord on thy words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Hallelujah. I want you where you are, dearly beloved, to just bow your heart and talk to your God for two, three, four minutes perhaps as we thank him for the rest he has for us. It is love expressed to us that there remaineth a rest for the people of God and there are people who will enter that rest. And I believe God that we are part of those people by faith who step down. Can you thank you for that rest? Open your mouth and thank you. Father, thank you. Lozubali ketis kritas, bolhotas. What areas of your life have you been troubled? Thank him for rest. See palotas. Rest to those storms and those billows and those tempests. Father, thank you for rest. We address every storm, every billow. As the master arose from sleep and he spoke to the storms. Peace be still. Our Gonamos will lend our voice, O oh God, to speak to the storms around homes and families, across cities and communities right now. Economic storms, marital storms, storms concerning health. Peace be still in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you. We believe you for rest. Rest in our minds, rest in our bodies, rest in our spirit, rest all around. We thank you for it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Beloved, we saw that unbelief is at the root of disobedience. And I want us, and I also learned that the answer to unbelief and disobedience is sincere repentance. 
First John 1 9 says, if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Are there any areas you've struggled with unbelief, struggled with fully obeying, promptly obeying? Go to God this hour and take full advantage of the blood of Jesus Christ over your life. Say, Lord, I repent, forgive me where I doubted you. Oh, forgive me. Like Simon Peter, some of us had walked on the water, but as we saw the storms, we shifted our gaze from the master. We began to sink, but he cried, Master, save me. And the Lord put out his hand and took him, and they both walked back to the boat. He didn't, he didn't drown. No, no, they walked back. So it was ended in victory. Oh, yes. Master, save me. I come on. Somebody cried, now, broke seat again. Father, any area we have doubted. Needless doubt, needless fear, needless worry. Lord, I repent. But we repent as a global family. We believe you. But you declare, revive for glory. So it is we believe. The environment notwithstanding. Father Lord, thank Oh God, forgive our unbelief. Forgive our doubt. Forgive our disobedience in various ways. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. One more prayer point, beloved. Proverbs 29, 25 says, The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be saved. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoso puts his trust in the Lord shall be saved. Are there any areas of your life you feared man more than God? Let's ask him to forgive us. Today we'll put our trust completely in God. Proverbs 35, we'll trust in the Lord with all of our heart. We'll lean on to our own understanding. Father Lord, we repent of any area we've trusted man rather than you. We place our confidence on horses, keeping the chariots back about. Today we declare you are our trust. You are our confidence. Bring up our eyes are single upon you. Boos keep to crap tagaza. Brukelopa sikete. Brikete. Brigata. Hakimoka. So if our eyes are single, our body shall be full of light. Our gaze upon you from this hour. Crap tagazi. Bruce Kropaka will receive light and illumination. Brakaposa. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Beloved, are you on this altar? You don't know Jesus Christ. Then you're far away from rest. But that Jesus, the author and the finisher of rest, says, come to me, not to me, to him, all who labor and are heavy laden, and he will give you rest. That rest is not found in houses, in cars, in wives, in children. No. These things may pacify but only Jesus can satisfy. There is a void and a gap in your heart that only Master Jesus can fill. Wherever you are, you say, man of God, pray with me. I want to turn my entire life into the hands of this Jesus who alone can give rest. Will you pray with me? Or perhaps you're also here and say, man of God, I want to rededicate my life afresh to the Lord. I want a fresh start. I want, I want my life to catch fire for Jesus. I want to be revived. I want to be set ablaze for the master. I don't want to be hot today and cold tomorrow. I want to give my all to the Lord. Are you praying that prayer? Let's pray together. Let's join our heart and faith with people across the world. Shall we pray together? Pray with me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I open my heart as I invite you, Jesus, to be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me all of my sins. 
I turn my entire life into your hands for your safekeeping from now for the rest of my days here on the earth. Thank you, Jesus. With my heart, I believe. Unto righteousness, with my mouth, I confess. Unto salvation, I am born again. I am blood-washed child of the living God. Amen. Amen. Whoa, Lord, we thank you for these multitudes across the nations who you ransomed from the grave and ransomed from Sheol, set them on the feet to run along to fulfill purpose and destiny. Lord, we declare these ones are comfortable with the precious blood of the Lamb. They will not go back. And Lord, may all appear uh, uh, when the trumpet shall sound and none shall be found wanted. We rejoice with the angels that rejoice with them, decreeing and declaring their salvation and their transformation today. Thank you and thank you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we have prayed. You have just experienced the preaching and teaching ministry of Good Heart Obi Ekweme, lead pastor of Revival House of Glory International Church, Rogic, and the apostolic leader of the Horn of Revival Ministry, a global outreach ministry mandated to carry the touch of revival across cities and nations. If you would like to ask a question, share your prayer request or testimony, or get more messages or books from Apostle Goodheart, please call or text 0805-223-4444 or email info at rogic.org. That is info at rhogic dot org. Also download the Horn of Revival Ministry app on Google Play or Apple Store to connect with a variety of quality resources including Rogic Radio and our refreshing daily devotions to take you higher in life. And for real-time ministry, you can follow Apostle Goodheart on Twitter. The handle is at Pastor Goodheart. And on Instagram, the handle is at Apostle Goodheart. Keep hearing the Word of God. It will produce intimacy with your spirit for uncommon encounters on the earth.